Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! Plus, it's like early right now. So it's like I'm on my own crazy train. Like I just got <laughs> home. Then I yelled at someone outside. And I just it's all this stuff. It's plus I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> You're a Scorpio, right? Yeah. November 12th. Oh, my God. I'm October 23rd. I think Scorpios are pretty cool. You know, plus you're cool. Yeah. I- yeah. We're um. it's uh. it's definitely the sign people are always like afraid of. We're always like, you know, the super sexual sign. Sagittarius is, though, they um. They're worse. I think. <laughs> really, I've never, I don't even know if I've dated one, let alone screwed one. But yeah. Oh, yeah. No, okay. uh, Scorpios and Sagittariuses don't really get along that well because Sagittariuses are kind of like flighty and like we're very loyal, you know, and. And yeah, no, my ex is a Sagittarius and I don't recommend it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, we do not date Sagittarius. So if there are any of them listening to the show, you have like no chance in hell. <laughs> really Maybe they see you have like a Cactus Jack shirt on. Are you actually a wrestling fan? Because that's like so cool. Um, I'm actually really good friends with Mick Foley. He's, uh, my, he's one of my best friends. Um, I host for him a lot because he does. Um, he like does tours. He does like storytelling shows and yeah. stuff. And um, he lets me host for him sometimes. So yeah, I got this at the at the last show I um I did with him. But yeah, I I used to like wrestling like a little bit when I was younger, like his era, you know, like Hulk Hogan and Macho Randy Man Savage or whatever his like. I know that generation of of wrestling. Um, but yeah, I haven't really paid too much attention to it. But I'm friends with some wrestlers. I'm, I have friends that are wrestlers. But yeah. Yeah, it all intertwines somehow. It's like a cult following, sort of like comedy. Yeah. Where did you go to school? Did you, I heard you went to UCB as well. Yeah, yeah. I've taken, um, God, that, yeah, the place doesn't even exist anymore. Um, in LA or New York? Um, I was here in New York. I, okay. did, um, I did improv one and two, and I did sketch writing one through, through UCB for, um, for that kind of stuff. And then I've taken acting classes at the Barrow Group here in New York, which is a really, really good school. And then um, I've gone to school for pretty much anything and everything in my life. (laughs) I used to go, I went to like a dancing school, you know, like 15 years ago. I have a degree in in criminal justice and uh, an associate's degree in criminal justice. And then I have a bachelor's um, in psychology and stuff. But yeah, if there's a class for it, I'll probably take it just because I'm like a nerd, I guess. Now I'm scared because like you took one in psychology. So if you date people, do they ever get into this thing where, oh, well, you analyzing me? Like, do you even tell them you took a psychology class? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I've always been analyzing people. That's <laughs> oh my God, I'm scared. I'm never, I'm never not. Um, I'm really good at like behavioral stuff, like body language. Like I learned that at, at a very young age, um, anyone who's actually been like physically abused or even emotionally abused as a child, um, they tend to pick up on um, a, a lot of like um, micro expressions and, and stuff like that, especially like if they had a parent that was an alcoholic or, or you know, like we just um, we learn to, to pay attention to those things. So as an adult, it like really works out like I could tell 
if someone's mad without them even saying anything, like I could watch a couple talking in a park and I could tell you if it's like a happier or like if they're arguing or something like that, it's kind of annoying a little bit because like I always pay attention. They always say like actions speak louder than words and they really do. And they, unfortunately they really, really do. Yeah. So I've always paid attention to more of what people do and, and their body language and how they act and what, and what people say, because most of the time they're lying. <laughs> you know, I wish I knew you like years ago. Um, <clears throat> like you could have been my uh, fly on the wall in my past relationship. <laughs> it was like five years. Oh my God. I, I just like, I don't like, I'm still going and I still go to Al-Anon like once mm-hmm. a week when I can. Um, I was never an alcoholic or an addict, but my ex was like, off of all that stuff. Yeah. He didn't have anything to do with it, but you know, he had the whole dry, whatever dry thing syndrome going on. I feel like I'm in a therapy mm. session, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still an Al-Anon proud. I'm proud to say there's some really cute guys there, but I don't really think an Al-Anon <laughs> meeting like, cause in, then a I'll, place to pick up dudes. <laughs> well, I'll be a predator. Right. Because right. I'm after someone who might be emotionally down and I'm like, Hey, so maybe we could have some coffee and chat together. Or- right. I could be your yeah. sponsor. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> have like meaningless <laughs> relationships and shit like whatever so i noticed that you have a few podcasts and do you think like podcasts are the way to go for live performance for building an audience because you do live shows as well yeah um yeah they could be very helpful i think um i have right now the the podcast i'm doing is called how did you drugs and yeah, uh, yeah it's a very as I, I constantly say, it's strong. It's a strong title and the logo is very strong. It's like an outline of a nose with like blood dripping from it. Because um, I'm like, go big or go home. But it's, it's not just about doing drugs. And I don't teach people how to do drugs. But it's about addiction and recovery and like everything in between. I've had um, I've had some people on who, who don't really do drugs. And they, and they talk about like why they don't do them or like the bad experiences as, as to why they don't do them. Um, I've had like addiction specialists on and stuff like that. And people like, you know, who have been sober for a while and then people, you know, who still use and like party and, and yeah. So it's just a variety of topics, but it's about drugs. And I think, um, like sex work and stuff like that. I think that, um, it's a topic that we definitely need to talk more about because everyone does drugs, you know, like at some point, you know, even caffeine, you know, is technically a drug nicotine, like all of this stuff. And it, it is one of those subjects, you, you know, that that's still stigmatized, like here in the city in New York. Now they have um, they have a place where um, addicts could go and like get clean needles and stuff like that. And they saved a lot, like at least I think one at the last report I read was like some 15 people, you know, from overdosing and other countries have this type of thing, these types of things. And it does really help with, with the stigma of drug use because addiction, it is a disease and, and it is, um, and it's very hard to, um, once you're an addict, like you're never not an addict. Like it just, like, just because you stop using doesn't mean your brain isn't constantly like I need, you know, something. So yeah, it, it's definitely an important subject. And I thought that this would be one, uh, you know, a good podcast to like help, you know, start conversations about it and make it more, um, more mainstream, I guess, you know, and more, more out there. I hope it does. Cause it's really a serious topic. I mean, mm-hmm. especially when those who are around people who are addicts, whether they're using or not get affected by it. I really don't feel mm-hmm. as though they know what the long-term effects are, no matter how old you are, mm-hmm. you know, and I've dealt with two people in my life for a long time who, you know, one of them went out, then the other one did not. 
but it's mm-hmm. just people just don't understand what the um, impacts are on those around them. When mm-hmm. I first saw how to do drugs, I'm like, wait a second. You just put it in your nail and kind of like do it that yeah. way. <laughs> I'm a thrill seeker. I don't do the drugs. I, I want to I be like sober 100% to remember when something crazy happens out there. Yeah. And I, I know that you do come from a very unusual background, of course, same as mine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I went big didn't go home on that yeah. one but <laughs> <laughs> with you. I mean, it's so unusual. You're the only other like, um, ex adult star yeah. been through <laughs> improv schools. We both been brainwashed through, we both joined the um, cult of improv, you know, just in different <laughs> coasts, which is yeah. true. What made you get into any of this? Because it's such a, it's an odd crossover, but it's a great one, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I took um, well, I took improv classes because I um, a couple of people told me that it would help with my stand up comedy mm-hmm. to help get uh, more comfortable on stage and, and like talking on stage. And it did. It, it really did help. Um, even some of the acting classes helped with with the stand up. But yeah, I, I took improv um, mainly just to help with the stand up. I like I, I've done, you know, a couple of improv shows, but that wasn't really for me. I like sketch shows like I like, you know, more when there's um more when there's a script and stuff like that. But yeah, improv was fun. It's, um, yeah, it definitely wasn't something that I was trying to do, like, just like improv. Um, but it was more, um, more of just like a stepping stone to help me with the stand-up comedy. I wonder- UCB, UCB was like, oh, sorry. UCB was also like, really like a big name school. And now that they're gone, everyone's like, do you remember like how big UCB was? Like if you, especially like in comedy, like if you got into these classes, like, oh, it's kind of a big deal. And now everyone's like, that was trash. <laughs> so no, it is a big deal because I remember yeah. like I had friends that were in um, one and two with me and not all of them made it over to three. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or like when I went through Second City, I was hoping I'd never make it to grad review. Like I had no clue what was going to happen. So it's mm-hmm. just there I found myself in grad review in a sketch class. I'm like, holy shit, I actually graduated this whole program. It's been such yeah. a <laughs> Oh, you went through the whole, you went through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like nice. I was hosting someone's improv show. Who's a wrestler, my friend, Ryan, and mm-hmm. we met at UCB and improv three, oddly enough. And then mm-hmm. there I was, I'm like, Oh, actually it seems really cool here. And I, I really liked the program. Um, I had more fun at second city than I did at UCB. It just seemed more fun. Like we were there. Yeah. Grounded. It was awesome. Like it was the best experience ever. Yeah. But you never hook up with anyone you meet in an improv class. So (laughs) you had stage fright because it, you know, despite what you were doing before and like I suffer from stage fright, too. Do you think it's maybe being a psychologist? (laughs) Do you think maybe it's some kind of a weird psychological thing or a Scorpio thing? I think that um, no, that's like literally one of the biggest fears that that people have in general is is speaking in public. Like I, I also used to be a dancer, too. And I've always said like dancing and like being in porn, that's like being physically naked. Like anyone, like I could do that at any time, but like speaking to people, that's like being mentally naked. And that's like way more vulnerable, being more vulnerable to me. Um, I like I've done like they have some shows called like like um, they've done like naked comedy and, and a naked roast battle before. And I've done those. And I was great at those because I'm used to being naked in front of people <laughs> that like it did not bother me whatsoever. I was like, this is fun. I get to, you know, combine both of them. But yeah, I think it's um, I think it's just a thing that the people have in general. And then now, like now, because, you know, I've been doing it for so long now, I don't 
you know, I don't have that stage fright anymore, which is nice. But yeah, in the beginning, like your heart's pounding, you're like sweating, like the fucking cotton mouth, even though you haven't smoked any pot that day. That's what happens. It's scary. I have Mm -hmm. a one woman show. And the first night I did the show, bear in mind that we did the workshop performances at Second Mm -hmm. City in Hollywood because it was a Second City director that ended up taking the show on who's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was so scary because you have people there in class or in your classes that had no idea about what you did before. But when you step off the stage, I didn't even come out for a bow at the first Mm -hmm. show opening night. (laughs) I ran off the stage after. I'm like, okay, it's like, oh my God. Right, right. (laughs) like you, they still want to be your friends. But yeah, it was like, it's interesting. Did anyone ever recognize you from your previous work in class? Oh, well, not um, not from improv, but from stand up. There was um, I always mention my buddy Ryan Hernandez. Uh, he was a he was a fan of my porn. Um, he's a comic stand up comic. And uh, he told me about like the show that that him and his buddy Eric ran down in the West Village. They're like, oh, if you want to come, um, you know, we'll, we'll give you time or whatever. He was super supportive and not like creepy, you know, because that was one thing I was always um, I had to, you know, obviously deal with some creeps or whatever, but he was very professional and just cool. And he's one of my really good friends now. <laughs> like I know his wife and stuff like that. But yeah, he's um, he's the one who who kind of like helped me into the New York comedy scene, gave me like bar show spots and stuff like that. Introduced me to the um, to Big J Okerson, you know, of oh, yeah, his gangs. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the first like comedy podcast I did, like as a com- as a comedian, not like as a porn star or whatever, which is um. That's a big one to do. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it's a really, it's a tough thing. I mean, I was wrestling straight out of porn and it was a really, it's a tough thing to get over with things, but you know, I transcend it. It's like nothing I'd go back to. Obviously mm-hmm. I talk about it instead of being shamed because it's pretty fucking cool doing a gangbang. I think it's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's memorable. Yeah. It's one of those things like. Yeah, I've never yeah. did a gangbang. I never, um, I it's always so said, cool. I'm like, it's too many dicks. I remember Lisa <laughs> Ann telling me she's like, She's like, that's the best. She's like, because then you don't have to talk as much. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I get that. I can understand that. Yeah, I thought that was funny. That was a different take on it. I'm like, oh, yeah, because, you know, sometimes when you're in porn, like you do, you have to be vocal. And it's like and sometimes it's so cheesy. It's like, how many times did I say, oh, my God, or, you know, fuck, you know, (laughs) I'm like, I said it too many times. I think like you do like people don't understand that um, because it is a performance, you know, and um yeah, we want to make sure that we say the right things and in the right way. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why I had such a short-lived career. Never mind. Right. Yeah, I all right. I mean, when you say things like, hey, I hope your dick falls off or don't touch me, it probably doesn't help the cause of, you know. Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, though. I mean, I always wanted to meet you. And this is like weird meeting virtually. How did mm-hmm. you handle COVID as far as live performances? Like, what did you end up doing? Did you just build your podcast or? Um, well, in the beginning of COVID, I just did, um, I did a lot of acid is pretty much, I tripped my way through the pandemic. Um, a lot of acid mushrooms, some DMT was thrown in there. Um, I was a hot mess basically. Uh, (laughs) Okay. No, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, because here in the city, they had, um, they had like a lot of shows like, um, outdoors and parks and like on rooftops and stuff like that. So, so that's what we did. We did like, you know, those shows, but, um, I was just kind of winging it, you know, because everyone's like, oh, I want things to get back to normal. I'm like, dude, it's the end of the world. Let's just party. I love <laughs> let's, it. Or let's just wait to see what happens kind of thing. And that's like now, uh, you know, now that we're like two and a half years into it, uh, 
over the past couple of months. Um, like I've gotten better, you, you know, like I don't drink nearly as much, definitely not doing any acid <laughs> or anything like I, I you know, I, I got back to like my normal, you know, self and like doing more shows and spots and, and being able to travel and, you know, do comedy and stuff, which is always nice because there's more money when you travel and do shows. Wow. So it's nice. That's cool. <laughs> no, I just I hope I get to see you do your show live because I like I finally appreciated like live performances after doing them and seeing like mm-hmm. what goes on to it. And, you know, sometimes I don't like going to too many comedy shows. So I imagine your standup is very different than the bullshit we see out here. Like it's every girl getting up. Well, my uncle used to touch me. It's like, honey, no one touched you. I'm looking at you. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> you get guys with their dick jokes, which means they probably have a really small penis. Is yeah. The theme you follow at all in your show is there just whatever comes up because you're a Scorpio. Um, well, I have um, I have different sets. I'm definitely on the darker side, I guess, um, for sure. I definitely um, like I have, you know, jokes about abortion. I um, I have jokes about um, like one of my favorite jokes. Like I even have a shirt where I talk about like how much I love cream pies, but I never wanted children. Um, and and I am a recent cancer survivor. So I talk about about that, like having uterine cancer and how they like cleaned out my box a little bit. And, you know, and it's like, I try to turn some of like the darker things, you know, and and make it funny. Like, like what I think is funny because I'm healed from a lot of this stuff. So I could laugh at a lot of this stuff, you know, like certain rape jokes or, you know, dating younger guys or even older guys. Like I, you know, my ex-boyfriend, he was like 14 years older than me. So like I'm in my forties, he's in his fifties. That seems normal. But when, you know, when I was six, he was 20. So <laughs> and that's, a- <laughs> that's just creepy. Yeah. So, so I have jokes about, you know, stuff like that. Um, like observational stuff, definitely um, some self-deprecating, but not um, too much. Um, I talk about like getting older, you know, and, and being a woman and like the changes your body goes through and um, just like responsibilities. I talk about like Gen Z and like all their things with words. And um, yeah, I, I definitely like I have a whole I have a whole hour on like obviously porn, um, my my previous career that I definitely like I've been looking into. Um, I need to like get an album out of just that stuff. So that way, like, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Cause it's been, I think it's been like seven, seven, six or seven years, maybe that eight. soon. I thought it was longer than that. No, that, that I no that I've been well retired from porn. It's almost been, um, almost been a decade, but like doing, doing the jokes about it. Cause it does take a while, you know, um, comedy does take a couple of years to like really, really get good at it, like to find your voice and, and stuff like that. Um, people are like, why don't you have an album out? And I'm like, I've been doing stand up comedy three years. I'm like, I'm not even close to being <laughs> ready for an album. Um, but now I am like, I wanted to, I wanted to do one before quarantine, like that year. And then, you know, the whole quarantine thing happened. And so, um, I'm looking to do, to do that maybe at like the end of this year, like the beginning of next year. So that way um, 
I don't have to worry about those jokes anymore. And I could just focus on like my newer content. I wholeheartedly agree, but I'll probably be like your first female, like groupie. And I'm not a chuckle fucker. So don't worry about that. (laughs) I love that. You know what one is. Oh, I know what they are. I live in LA. (laughs) Oh God. LA has some of the the worst ones. They're just disgusting. They all look the same. They're like these Gen Z girls. They kind of talk like that. And you know, it's like, I'm really of my sexuality. Oh, don't look at me. It's just. I see them all the time and it's yeah. just, that's why I don't go to shows anymore. Cause I usually end up saying being annoyed crazy. by these. <laughs> yeah. Know. We have, we have a couple in New York that, um, that are real <laughs> annoying. Just, yeah. Wow. And like, cause I'm a female comic. So like we, like, it's funny to watch the, like our coworkers. Cause a lot of those dudes, of course are going to be, you know, hooking <laughs> up with these women because they're just literally throwing their pussies at them. Of course they're obviously whatever, but like sometimes when, um, when they think that we're going to, that the other comics want to hang out with them, we're like, absolutely fucking not. No, we don't. Uh, <laughs> I had to tell one chick one night, um, <laughs> and she was just sitting at the comics table and like, she tried to say she's a comedian. I'm like, no, I'm like, you're not a comedian here, though. I'm like you and for the fact you are a comic and thought you could just sit at a comics table without being passed. That says more about you than it does about me telling you that you shouldn't be sitting at the comic. Like, that's an earned thing. That's like a big deal to be allowed to sit at the comics table. I was like, bitch, you need to get the fuck out of here. I was oh, like- I love it. Now, you truly are a scorpion. <laughs> yeah. I would have done like I just not would not have given two fucks. I would have been like, OK, listen, you have to just go. OK, I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, you don't have to go, but you can't stay here. Like you can't sit at the like you must be out your mind. <laughs> no, I agree. And um. So you have two podcasts, you have the how to do drugs. And then we mm-hmm. also have another one about Scorpios, correct? Oh, well, I have, um, I have, uh, it's called Scorpio sister sketches. That's with, um, it's one of my, my comedy partner, um, Chanel Omari. We yeah. do, we do like TikToks together and we'll actually, oh. we just will be producing a stand up show called Zodiac killers at the <laughs> comedy shop. Um, starting in April, the third, um, third Thursday of every month at 10 p.m. at the comedy shop on, on Bleecker Street. Um, and it's going to have um, so every month it's going to have like that zodiac sign. So November will be Scorpios, you know, uh, December. What is it? Uh, they're Capricorns. Capricorn. Yeah, Capricorns. And yeah, so it's going to. So Zodiac Killers, which is nice. But yeah, no, definitely not a podcast. Oh, look like a podcast at first. Okay, my bad. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it, uh, we do like TikToks and, and sketches and, you know, silly little stuff like that. And then we have this um, this comedy show that we're going to be starting in April, which we're, uh, which we're really excited about. I used to have another podcast called Hormones Podcast spelled yeah. with like like a W and that was like, um, that was like a sex positive kind of one. I had that one for like two, three years. I think we have like a hundred had like 140 episodes, but I just got kind of sick of, um, like, like I felt like I was kind of like pigeonholing myself as yes. always talking about sex and, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So I kind of, you know, stopped that, um, podcast. Cause like with my degree in psychology, I really wanted, um, I wanted to work on like things in the sex in- industry and I still would like, but that is also a lot of time to get a PhD and like do all this stuff. Like I want to be like a sex educator, you know, and like go on tour and like, I would still love to do that. 
if people would just let me do it without having to go to school for another five years. I'll let you do it without having to go to school. I promise you have the experience. Okay. So that way you don't have to take out loans. Oh, that's right. You don't have to pay them back probably. So yeah. Yeah. You do it totally without you could, I think you should just do it based upon experience because half the time when people get degrees, they get these jobs regardless of degrees. It's experience. You know. Yeah. And they have like no actual, like I have the, <laughs> the book education and the life experience. I'm like, I should, I always have, like, I have a bit of about, like, I want to be famous enough to just get honorary degrees, well, you know, like an honorary. PhD. You have mine. You have, Yay. I will give you your first honorary degree. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. But that's incredible. I think you have, you've had an incredible journey so far in life. And that's really mm-hmm. amazing that you could share it the way you do through your podcast and through mm-hmm. comedy, which is amazing. And yeah. uh, I'm sure there are some very traumatic experiences, but I do have to ask you, <laughs> what was the first drug you ever did? And Ooh. what was it like? Well, how okay. old were you, first of all, when you did oh, okay. it? Okay. Well, I mean, I'm from I'm from Wisconsin. So like, <laughs> like, like we were born alcoholics, basically. Wisconsin. So we don't really... Like the first time I ever got drunk, according to my mom, like I was a baby. My dad was watching a football game and like he had a bottle of wine and I guess I drank some and got drunk, like crawled all crazy around the kitchen, then puked and then passed out in front of the oven, according to my mom. (laughs) Um, So but the but the first drug I ever actually like really did was um, was acid. Acid has always been like my favorite drug. Like I had smoked pop, but I never got high yet. Like it took me a while took me a couple of times to, to smoke weed before I actually got stoned. So the first time I ever like took a drug and like actually got like high or, or fucked up was, um, was acid. I was in high school, like literally in class, like going to a different class and uh, me and my girlfriend, we dropped acid and then I had to go to Spanish class. And that was, how old were you? Uh, um, that was sophomore year in high school. So like 14, 15 is, is when um, I started like really experimenting with that kind of stuff. Cause when I was um, like great or a uh, middle school and stuff like that, I was actually, I was really against like even smoking cigarettes and, and drinking and stuff like that because my stepmother was a raging, just violent alcoholic, like a bottle of Bacardi a night type of alcoholic. And my father, um, raging drug addict, like both he loved crack and heroin. And so like just seeing that and like, I used to hate the smell of cigarette smoke. It used to get me really, really sick. And, um, my stepmother actually like accused me of smoking. Like she said, like <laughs> one of her friends, like saw me holding a cigarette and like, I was, I was holding it because my girlfriend who her mom allowed her to smoke went inside and she's like, hold a cigarette. So I was like, I hate these things. And she actually like forced me. It was like that old school thing where she sat me down at the table oh. and tried to make me smoke a card in a fucking Winston. She's like, inhale. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And because I'm a spiteful, still just petty, spiteful person, I'm like, well, now fuck you. Now I am going to smoke. And so that's how I started smoking cigarettes. It's called being a Scorpio. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you just like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to drink now. I'm going to smoke. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I'm going to town. But you don't have the accent from Wisconsin anymore. So um, I, I still I still kind of do. Um, when I say bag, bag is a big one or can, especially yeah. when I'm drunk. We have like, we have the A thing, but yeah, sometimes uh, it it comes out more when I've been drinking and I'll say, can you hand me my bag? And they're like, oh, there it is. 
There she is. I yeah. took the dialect class um, at Second City. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still take classes just to, it's an online dialect one, but mine mm-hmm. are mostly European that I specialize in. But I did the Wisconsin one briefly for like one yeah. week. Had it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave this right now to everyone because no one is ever going to cast me in anything that is Wisconsin <laughs> or Dakota or Fargo, you know? Wisconsin. So, yeah. Wisconsin. That's interesting. <laughs> So that was your first drug. So did you have the sheet of acid with like the clown face on it or what? Did oh, you yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was definitely on blotter paper. Um, I don't know if it had any pictures on it. I've definitely <laughs> had some blotter paper, you know, that had like a little design or whatever on it. I think that the best acid that I ever had, um, there were these green gel tabs hmm. and um, like shaped like a little diamond. And it was at this it was at a rave i used to go to a lot of raves it's like a three-day outdoor camping rave it's called like further (laughs) little further or something like that it was a huge huge deal but yeah we me and my friend we ended up tripping for like 12 almost 15 hours like we didn't think we were gonna stop we're like oh okay well this is just who we are now (laughs) um we we finally stopped tripping uh we had to go to bed for that but yeah (laughs) it was it was intense it was like some of the most intense acid that I ever had to the point where like when we really started tripping, like we couldn't really even see like, like it was hard to like see people's faces. Everything was just, and obviously we're at a rave. Um, we're in like at this particular, like we were in a barn and I think it was Richie Hodden who was like a really like huge, I mean, he's still a really big DJ. Um, and he was there. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was an amazing experience. Like I've always loved acid. I've never had a bad trip. Um, I also think I'm just like, I have like, maybe like my brain is just too controlling. Like I could drive on acid. Like I'm perfectly fine. Like I'm very functional, like in society when I'm on this stuff, like I could go to, you know, get buy cigarettes or, you know, go get shit from the store. Like I'm totally fine. And people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just capable of doing it. I'm like, I've always, my mom had always said, she's like, you could do drugs. Just don't let the drugs do you. And I was like, okay. And for some reason that always stuck with me. <laughs> That's crazy. Cause the first time I ever dropped it, I was 16. I was in sheep's mm-hmm. meadow and it, it had the clown face, but then I saw graffiti like moving on the phone booth that I, I was calling my mom to tell her I'm coming home late. My God. Uh-huh. I just, then I had to deal with her while being on acid. Then I had a driving test the next day. Oh no. <laughs> I read <laughs> I ran a stop sign and cursed someone off in the car next to me. (laughs) Oh, could you please pull over? I'm like, why? He's like, pull over. I'm like, what did I fail or something? I thought Mm -hmm. that's how you drive in New York City. Like, what do I know? Right. Because like, after you see the way people drive, not that you need a car in New York. And when you actually moved to New York City, like, do you like, obviously you like it. You're still there, but yeah, there. Um, I was it like 2013, 2014, maybe I, I, this is, um, this is my fifth year in this apartment, oh, how five, cool. six, seven. Yeah. I've always, I'm almost been in the city a decade. I want to say like eight or nine years I've been here. Yeah. I do like it. I didn't think, cause like when I moved out of Wisconsin, I moved to Florida um, I only lived there for like eight months because Florida's trash. Um, and then I moved to L.A. I lived in L.A. for like four years. And then I came out here and like the whole one of the main reasons why I moved out of Wisconsin is because I was sick of the winter. I hate because it gets so fucking brutally cold there. And it's just so like emotionally depressed. Like, it's just so bad that like it really started to fuck with me. So 
I wanted to go somewhere warm, like Florida's perfect. And then I was like, oh, Florida's crazy. And then I moved to LA and LA was perfect. And then, yeah, when I came out to New York, I'm like, well, it's not as cold and it's not, it's not nearly as cold, but um, I do actually kind of like the seasons. Like, excuse me, we do have like a fall, you know, and we have a spring and that helps with um, that definitely helps. Cause when I lived in California, it's like it's like that Nirvana or not, uh, Nine Inch Nails song. It's like every day is exactly the same, and it and it is, and it's like so strange because it's like you're there, and I'm like, oh, okay, I have all this stuff to do. Because when I lived in Wisconsin, it's like we always waited for the spring or summer to do something, you know, It'd be like, okay, well, this summer we'll go and do that. But in LA, every day is summer basically. It's always perfect. So it's like you wake up one day, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then all of a sudden it's like five years later, and you have not even started <laughs> that, and you're like, how did that fucking happen? I don't understand so i do like i do like the seasons because it does help with like time i guess yeah it does new york's a different hustle that's one thing i learned you know about like being between the two coasts but i really la is just great to ride your motorcycle and that's all i do i don't do whatever other stuff i gotta do but new york is where things just really go 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 but my favorite place shut down i used to go to the playboy club all the time for dinners and stuff like that. I was actually going to do my show there. Now it's shut down. So it's a different New York, but I still love it no matter what. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a bunch of places closed down, you know, obviously um, everywhere, you know, across the entire world, like smaller clubs and just businesses, stores, restaurants and stuff like that. But the ones who stuck around and, you know, there's new places being bought and, and new things coming up. But yeah, it was definitely it's just that that New Yorker mentality where it's like we, we push through anything, you know, like I know a bunch of people who were here for 9-11 and stuff like that. And they're like, this is nothing. You know, they're just like like they fall down and they get back up like everything is that's like I do like that energy about New York where it is just like we got this kind of thing. And also, fuck you. You know, <laughs> it's like it's very me. And so I'm like as much as like I I'm a country girl, like I miss grass so much. But at the same time, like I could never live anywhere else. now. <laughs> I can't visualize you in the country. I'm sorry. Not even with, like the straw hat. Maybe I could see the overalls on. Yeah. And, like, blunt or something instead of the scrub, but I do not visualize you in the country, like milking a cow. Not that I think. Yeah, I, I do. I know how to milk a cow. I know how to hunt. I know how to fish. I know how, like, I know how to survive in the wilderness. Um, I have a lot of like, you know, redneck family members. Well, we're native American. Um, so we have a lot of, um, I know how to like skin a deer and stuff like that. That's all stuff that I'm taught when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. I know how to do all that stuff. I'm very uh, versatile. I also know how to change like the brakes on a car. Um, yeah. Just like random little shit. Like I am definitely the person you want around if like, if there actually ever is an apocalypse. Cause I know how to do a little bit of everything. <laughs> See, I'm okay for an, uh, for an apocalypse. Cause um, I could yeah. shoot a gun really well. So if there we, we go, go yeah. out there and shit, you can go on the back of my motorcycle and we'll just like <laughs> just... go around getting people out of our way, which mm-hmm. is kind of, it's, it's cool that you know how to change brakes. Cause there's this guy the other day trying to change a tire and his mm-hmm. girlfriend's there and he has no clue how to change a freaking tire. Oh my God. I learned that when I was, like, I know <laughs> I'm like, do you need help or something? He's like, we're trying to call someone. I mean, these young kids today, these guys, it's like, they've they lost, don't know. Yeah. They don't have male hormones in them. Like what are you doing? it's and the then, skinny jeans, all the skinny jeans. Yes. Is fucking up yes. all day. Yes. <laughs> 
And they don't, the girls take them from here. I want you to wear the skinny jeans or else I'm not going to date you. You just, you're not comfortable with your sexuality yet. They don't, you know, it's like this whole other conversation on Gen Z. I get into like, yeah, on a daily basis with people. I like, I go off, especially when it's earlier in the morning. That's when I just really go off into these crazy things. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it is kind of frustrating because the like common sense and even like deductive reasoning skills, like they don't, they lack those things and they lack like human interaction. It's like they, they talk about like, they get really offended by words. So like I have a joke where I'm like, you know, the, the, they get, they get, the, you know, they get offended by the words retarded and gay. And I'm like, I think that's really retarded and gay yeah. um, that you guys get offended by these words. Cause they're very versatile. And like, because most of them grew up on, so, you know, grew up online and, and, mm-hmm. and they don't have that, that human interaction. They're missing the context. And like, cause you need like, the tone of someone's voice, like all of these things, like I said, the behavioral thing, like you need all these things to understand where a person is actually coming from. Cause you're just reading something online. Your brain is going to be like, Oh, this is offensive. When it's actually, no, it's not at all. You're just in retard. <laughs> yeah. They're just picking on everything. Cause they're so freaking retarded. They can't even yeah. write cursive, which brings <laughs> that me- is, yeah. <laughs> it's true. You can't, you can't write cursive. So don't even speak to me seriously, but yet yeah. I'll go after guys like half my age, half the time. <clears throat> that doesn't really work out. They're not very no. meaningful. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're great in the sack. Like they're definitely, you know, and that's um, for the most part, they're, they're very trainable. I've dated a couple of younger guys, but I have an age limit on that shit, you know, especially being, you know, in the adult industry and stuff like that. Like I'm sure your fan base too, like they're all in their like, you know, twenties, teens, twenties, you know, early thirties. Those are the dudes who like me from porn. And I'm like, no, like I I refuse to date anyone who has less hair on their chin than me. Like that is the first What's hair on the chin? That's that's almost illegal. Oh, speaking of like <laughs> online stuff and just dating in general, did you watch a Tinder swindler? No, I heard about that. That's on Netflix, right? Where the guy you gotta um, watch it. You just have to watch it because I feel like there's so many things that go into this thing. Like mm-hmm. I know this is a touchy subject, but I do not feel sorry for those girls because I will not give my money to some jerk I just met online who looks super rich and just all yeah. of a sudden yeah i saw the preview yes. for it it's yeah no they scary. got super catfish and i'm just like uh no no <laughs> now they have like a GoFundMe instead of like trying to get the money back some other way hey let's have a GoFundMe for the girls who got swindled by the tinder swindle i, I don't want to ruin it for you, you got to watch it yeah it's just, okay it's an amazing documentary it's a very hot topic to some people that's why i yeah. love bringing it up and just yeah and like i've definitely like i know some friends who have been catfished before when i was in the adult industry like this dude tried to catfish me like it is <laughs> definitely oh no that's definitely a thing i, I like uh, the guys are the people who produced the tinder swindler also did um what was it don't fuck with cats? I think that that one about that. that one that's another documentary on uh netflix that was really good about like like this guy who like murdered somebody basically like well they first found him because he was like torturing cats online and like posting these videos and like yeah no and this group was like oh we need to find this guy and then they like dig down this huge rabbit hole and find out that he actually like killed somebody and this yeah yeah watch um don't i think it's called don't fuck with cats um but yeah but the same people who made the tinders when that's why i was like i should watch it because that was a really good documentary i was like holy shit it's fucking people 
are crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're like all kinds of grifts and stuff online, especially like fake handbags and crap like that. You know? Oh, God. Yeah, so much. Yeah, I definitely have purchased some things from like my Instagram ads that I'm like, this isn't <laughs> what was in the ad. That's yeah. not <laughs> from another country and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, I'll I'll pass on that crap, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, I see. I don't even go on dating apps. Like one, because most yeah. of the time, like, like I'm too famous. It's like I'm not, but like, yeah, on those apps, most of the time there's always one or two people that will know who figure out who I am right away. And I'm like, okay, well, you just ruined it for me. And now I'm just gonna delete my account. I hate that, don't you? Then they go on Google or like maybe their friend says something. I went on two dates on Bumble and uh mm -hmm. I was thrown off of Tinder. Cause I said something obnoxious, um, <laughs> I said swipe left. If you're like a raging liberal swipe left. Cause I already have a vagina. And if mm -hmm. you have young kids, definitely swipe left. Cause I don't date men with kids. So yeah. they found it offensive. Then on Bumble, I met this guy. His nose is a lot bigger than his profile. And then the other guy was like way shorter than what he said. So I just got a fumble. I just much rather be people in person. I mean Yeah, I like I've always liked that way. Like I especially with like how I am, like I need yeah. that. Like I think I did go out. I've only been on two online dates. The first one was uh way, way back in the early two thousands on like this website called Hot or Not. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yep. Hot or not. So that was like the first online date um, I ever went on. And the guy was sweet, but like definitely not my type whatsoever. Like his picture was cute. And then I met him. I'm like, oh, no. Um, and then the other one was actually quite recently. It was this past summer. My friend was like, just go on one fucking date from an app. Just fucking try it. And I did. Um, and it was fine. Like he was tall. Like at least he was as tall as he said he was. And he was a nice guy. Like we got along great. Like he was super funny, like personality wise. But yeah, there's just like no physical attraction, like whatsoever for me, at least like, obviously he was pretty into it, uh, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, no. And, and like this guy, because most of the guys numbers that I, that I ever got from a dating app, I always just like I block them, you know, on it. And this yeah. one, like I or I ghost them and block them. I'm like, oh, I'm just not not even worth it. This guy actually told him like, hey, because he was really nice and stuff like that. And I knew that he really liked me. So I didn't want to be like a super con. I was just like, I don't think this is really going to work out. Uh, but thank you. You know, blah, blah, blah. I also have this thing, too, because like I like he bought a round of drinks and then like we were going to have another round of drinks. And then I said I would get it. And then he let me buy it. And I'm like, no, see, because I'm older, too, because I'm 43. So it's like anytime a guy lets me pay for something like I'll offer. But if he's like, no, 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 this is mine. And I'm like, OK, like I still have that mentality where now like kids today are like, no, we split everything and everything is equal. I'm like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. When I lived in Norway, the girls split things there with guys. So the guys mm -hmm. that dated me, they knew. Yeah, no, we're not. She's not going to do anything. Yeah, so I'm not bad. So it's not happening. We're old school, you know? Yeah, so like I do still one. have that. And, and like my buddy Dante near like he even talks about it. he's like, don't fuck someone who who lets you buy stuff for them. He's, he's like he we had this thing and it was very true. Um, but like if it's a special occasion, like their birthday or they get, you know, a promotion at work or something like that, mm -hmm. that's when you take your your man out. I like I almost married a guy who like even when I tried to buy him dinner for his birthday, he would give me money to pay Aww. for the like, you know, kind of thing. And like, I mean, I would still like obviously like, to pay, you know, for the birthday dinners and stuff like that. But yeah, I grew up with that. 
And like, if we are like, if we've been dating for a while and like, let's say you forgot your wallet. Yeah. I'm going to fucking buy the fucking Starbucks or something, you know, but like in the, when we first start dating, Oh no. Like I have a very expensive vagina. Absolutely not. Like if you want to fuck this, you are going to have to pay. That's the thing too. It's like, Oh, everything should be equal. I'm like, no, it's not equal right now. Like women right now, I guess like they are, they getting drafted. I don't know if they passed that bill. Like they could fucking fight in a war, yeah. but it's not federally required for car companies to have like female crash test dummies to test for seatbelts, not even like for pregnancy. So it's like you guys are fucking up like you guys fucked up feminism. You fucked it yeah. up for your fucking selves. You fucking morons. <laughs> like, all, you had, all you had to do was make a couple sandwiches and now yeah. you're going to have to go fight a war. Good job. Good job, ladies. It's just it's like fourth wave feminism. I read a lot of uh, Camille Paglia and she has some mm -hmm. very interesting things in what she says on feminism. And it is a fourth wave because it's just so like you kind of divide yourself and set women's rights back by like thousands of years and even doing business with a woman. You know what I yeah. mean? It's this whole other thing. Like, I just go off on that half the time. Yeah. Like, like we need feminism, obviously. Yeah. Like, we do need it. Women should get paid the same amount. But I was reading, I think it's a book called The Invisible Woman. And it gives you, like, all, it's like, it's just off based off of statistical data. And that's where, where I got the seatbelt thing, because I used that in a joke. That's <laughs> but crazy. Like, but, but even, like, when it comes with, like, testing for, like, certain types of drugs, like, most women, you know, and especially, like, younger kids, like, they're not females aren't tested as much for like ADHD or, you know, bipolar. It's always like, it's always the kids and like all of the drug testing and stuff like that. That's all based off of, off of men. And like, they have done more studies about erectile dysfunction than they have about, about a, a woman's menstrual cycle. Like there are more <laughs> documents about dudes dicks not working <laughs> than about how women literally create fucking life. Um, so that's, so, yeah, we do need feminism, but also like now they're just throwing us stuff. Well, you guys could go to war. It's like I just want like normal health care, <laughs> you know? normal shit, you know, like a yeah. half psychotic boyfriend, half psychotic, not fully psychotic, but not just, fully psychotic. You know. I get and that. Look, like Charles Manson did it. We can, too. Right. Yeah. I was born the same day as Charles Manson. You were? Yep. Uh, November 12th. Also the same day as um, Tanya Harding. Yeah, I so, love Tanya Harding. She right was so that cool. I Tanya movie like because I love Allison Janney. Like that's like <laughs> my celebrity doppelganger is Allison Janney, and I fucking she fucking killed it in that movie. But yeah, like we're technically I, I've noticed especially since on that day because she like had someone else do her job for her, you know, do that thing to Nancy Kerrigan allegedly, <laughs> and um, and Charles Manson, he never murdered anybody. He had other people do it for him. And I'm like, oh, we just let other people do our dirty work. That's what November 12th people do. <laughs> you know, a lot of cult leaders are failed comics, but you haven't failed at comedy. So you're in yeah. this weird thing where you are, you could be a cult leader and get people to do your dirty work. Absolutely. But at the same time, you did succeed or you are succeeding in comedy. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to get my little followers that way. <laughs> yeah. You, you could have your own cult following. Uh, what do you, so what are your plans for the next few months? Where can fans or people that want to learn more about you find you find me? Um, well, obviously when you Google me, you can literally see inside of me. So just before warned of that, now, uh, <laughs> you can check out my website, aliajanine.com that has like links to everything. Um, like my, my 
bio and shows as my schedule and stuff. Um, like I said, I have a monthly show now at, at the comedy shop um, on Bleecker Street. That's going to be the third uh, Thursday of every month at 10 p.m. Um, with Chanel Omari. And um, I have a, another I have a weekly show on Wednesdays down in the financial district at Route 66. But yeah, um, just check my schedule on my website. Um, it has all my social media links, uh, the Aaliyah Janine on Twitter, Aaliyah.Janine on Instagram. Yeah. And real quick, what are your thoughts on SNL now? Because I, I used to follow it back in the day when they had like Wayne's World and all that stuff. What do you think of it? Yeah, now? Um, <laughs> well, I have a couple friends that are and some writers and stuff like that. Um, I don't really watch it anymore. Like if there's like a sketch or something that someone's like, oh, check out, like I'll watch it then. But normally, like I'm doing spots or something like I'm not home to actually watch it. Um, it's a newer generations, you know, like I like I grew up, you know, with the same like when Adam Sandler and stuff was on it, like the old school. Like I love love like even Chevy Chase when I was like, I love the old school SNL. And now like they can't get it, you know, they can't do the same types of stuff that they used to do. And, um, but I, I like a lot of the people that are on the show and I, and I respect it as, <laughs> as what, you know, a very long, very, you know, very popular, you know, it's a part of history. It's a part of like comedy history. So like, I, I respect it for that, but yeah, I just, I, I don't, I watch bits and pieces of it, but I'm not really into it. So I don't know the whole political thing. About That's it. good that you're not at home to watch it though. So make yeah, sure- yeah. Like I'm busy. That's I'm working. <laughs> I'm definitely going to check out your Scorpio show when I'm back in the city. Um, yeah, absolutely. Please do. And, and uh, yeah, so make sure you check her out on the web. It's Alia Janine, A-L-I-A Janine. And I'm sure everyone knows how to spell that. And definitely <laughs> check out her podcast, please. How to do drugs Thank you. and her show. So thank you very much for hopping on board with us today on the crazy train. Yes. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Woo-hoo! All right. I got to try to be normal. Yeah.